Yeah, no, it was just me snorting. I'm sorry. You no, should okay. be. I'll, I'll, I'll suppress forget. all of my bodily sounds during the, the Thank episodes. you. I really appreciate that. John Luke saying the word bodily sounds is kind of hot, though. No theme music? Okay. I was trying to find Shut the Fuck Up, John Luke. But... <laughs> I didn't... Hello, and welcome to another new episode of Crying in the book club uh the hit new podcast where three emotional friends talk about comic books that make them emotional is it is it fair to still call this a new podcast the uh, six episodes in yeah so, i was i was just gonna ask i feel like once yeah. we hit 10 is when we can 10 or 12 is when the new podcast label expires it's when the new podcast so off. i mean we could still call it a hit podcast we could be like the the oh, something like seasoned or like you know the award-winning or, you know, the only podcast like about that. comic books. I like award-winning. award-winning. All right, I'm going to change it in the doc right now. All right, <laughs> there we go. Award-winning. Great. So, yeah, for, for the next few weeks, it's going to be the award-winning new podcast. We'll drop the new. You know, this is how podcasts go behind the scenes, but we're given, you know. We're really showing you how the sausage gets made. The all-new award-winning comics podcast number one coming Next, this time next year when we relaunch for the number one because the sales are down. Don't call it a rebirth, but we might. <laughs> we, might we might just do that. Uh, those wonderful voices you heard bantering back and forth are the wonderful voices of Jean-Luc Botful. Uh, that is I. Hello. Hello. And Emily. I don't oh. know why I didn't say your last name. I don't have one. That's why. That's why. How are you guys doing? Removed. I'm Ash- good. I'm crawling out of the sea hole i might be changing my last name uh when <gasps> my wife oh. has picked a, a new last name for their name change and it's cooler than my existing last name so. yeah you, ha- you have to do it then that's, so that's really cool I, i'm really thinking about it i also like that more than like you know like you get married to someone and there's that sort of like oh do we take their last name do we hyphenate do we leave it the way it is i think like it's kind of cool to be like let's create a new name let's just like absolutely i think couples should create a new name yeah. And it should always be a portmanteau of their existing last names. Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Which would be, uh, Emily? Uh, well, Jerked. Jerked. See? It's oh, I guess I guess I, I'm... That's that's true. I was thinking of... Kittle. I was thinking of Maria as Gwyn's last name. That is not... That's that not is, actually, I just realized I, you probably don't know Gwyn's actual no, last name. I do because it was in their Twitter name like years ago that's true um Real so i do know. know what it is i was thinking more like meryl like the pokemon meryl oh, is meryl. good so i feel like that would no, the Meryl's perspective nice. last name is moon oh hey that is good which that is, is really way cool. cooler than my last name so that yeah. is a really cool name it's emily a really moon. good pokemon game emily moon coming soon emily, or, emily moon and Oh wait, uh, Gabrielle Ba? Is that the is that the dynamic? <laughs> I was gonna go with uh, I was gonna go with uh, Emily Moon and Gwyn Sun. You know, like the the Pokemon yes. games. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. That's that. Yours is better. I have to say. It's I'm more of the book. Sun lesbian anyway. Yeah, Gwyn has more Moon vibes than you. That's that's definitely true. True. 
True. Very true. And guys, happy Pride Month because I did not change that from the uh, the show notes. So happy, happy Pride, Pride Month. That's good. That's good. Yeah, happy. Uh, what are we on the fourth Pride Month in a row? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're just gonna keep that. That's good. It's just always gonna be there. It's like yeah. yeah. It's always Pride on Crying in the Book Club. That's why we have a, a rainbow in the tile of the dance floor in our uh, logo. Again, real real heads know. And, Celebrating uh, you know, Pride Month by talking about everyone's favorite queer characters. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But before we get to that, I just want to do a little bit of like, hey, you know, real heads know. You know, they know the show. They know the deal. We're six episodes in now. They're like, okay, well, well what seven. book are you? Is this number seven? Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's very embarrassing. I'm not a real head. I'm a fake head. Well, it also, um, any episode could be someone's first episode. And this is technically Alex's sixth episode. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, all right. That, that's that's what that's what happened. We're gonna uh, keep a separate numbering system just for episodes that Alex is in, like brackets. Yeah. In I hope I'm in more episodes. Oh, geez, it's gonna be the essential listening. See, I think the nice thing is though is that like if you go, if you're in fewer episodes, then you can be up for nominations for like guest star awards. Whereas, oh, right, you know, right. normally you might not be like, if you're on every episode, people might get tired of you. They won't want to nominate you for best podcast host, but best guest podcast host. Then, so I can be, you know, I can be more irritating if I appear on less episodes. I think that's true. I think that's how that works. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to be the same level of irritating. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, now be the same level of irritating I am on every other podcast that I'm on. Consistency, that's why people come. But, you know, consistency. Circling back to my my segue that never happened, that will happen now. Uh, you know, every episode's been about a, a either a full work, like uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, or an, an arc of something, like, I don't know, have we done an arc yet, actually? I don't know, my mind just blanked. No, we haven't. We've, we've, done, we've, we've only done complete stories so far. Well... Technically, we didn't do all of the Amory Wars. That's well, I wasn't there. I don't know. I don't know about this blasphemy that you guys. Okay, I will say before before we leave that behind for the episode. I read that book. I did the music, and I haven't outlitted it. It's just in here, and I'm not going to outlet it today. That's not happening today. But I don't. know. I have thoughts and feelings about we it do that like I a special episode do, uh, yeah. that I never wanted. The Alex uh, cut, and yeah. I'm, I'm stuck with. But today we are actually looking at five. Stories. Six, right? Uh no, 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 there's five. It's a five boy. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So five stories from a, a certain caped crusader throughout the ages. So we're looking at uh, five different stories through Batman's history. Uh, and yeah, I mean... Uh, I hope you guys are lot. excited for Quinlan Voss through the ages coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's like five comics there or something. I don't know, man. They're like, there needs way to be more, more Quinlan Voss content. If you look at Batman versus Quinlan Voss, it's... It's true. It's kind of sad. Unfortunately, um, it's used the wrong way, but it's true. It's true. And you, you know, nor- normally this is where we do the intro, but like, oh, like who drew it or who wrote it, and it's like uh, everyone, every big comic person, artist has probably done at least a Batman story, whether it's a uh, you know a Detective Comics, a Batman, Batman Black and White. It's just like, yeah, he's a he's a pretty big deal. I hear. Uh, Everybody just takes a crack at that guy. Yeah. And it's remarkable how many of them are very similar. Even though so many people take a crack at them, uh, you know, I, I I will say the list we have today. I think there's some bit of diversity in there, but we'll you know we'll get to that. We got a nice um, little mixed bag. Yeah, we got some. I, I gotta say, the second story in particular is like very very strange. It's like very I don't know. It's it's very Silver Age Batman stuff. Um, but the first one that we're going to be looking at is the first Batman comic. 
Uh, and John Luke, can you uh, can you tell us a bit about Detective Comics number twenty seven from nineteen thirty nine? Nineteen thirty nine. Damn, that's damn. That's older than the show. <laughs> that's that's really old. Yeah, it's older than me. What the fuck? Well, you're uh, a baby. I know, but Batman is too. Ayo. Uh, yeah, Detective Comics number 27. You know, I always thought that it was Detective Comics number 37. For some reason, that imprinted in my mind like 15 years ago. And hmm. I've always thought of it that way. He's but, a big head. Anyway, I, <laughs> I wouldn't call myself like a, you know, huge... I wouldn't claim to be a Batman head. Well... You are, though. Like, it's, unfortunately, it's, 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 I am. Want to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Detective Comics number 27, first appearance of Batman um, from a very different era of comics. I mean, the Batman story in this issue is like eight or nine pages of a 60-page anthology comic. Um, it's, you know, the rest of the, the, the stories in there are all like other detective stories about other, other characters. They don't have anything to do with the Cape Crusader. And, you know, there's probably an alternate history where Batman shows up for like a couple years of this and then goes away forever, which is insane to think about. Um, and it's just like a footnote in the history of comics rather than arguably the history of comics. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was, uh, you know, written by Tim Kane or Tim Kane, not Hillary Clinton's 2016 running mate. He's so uh, talented. Why did he win? <laughs> we we can't talk about that. I, I, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that uh, Hillary Clinton ran with anyone. That was just in, that's interesting. Anyway, aside, go oh, ahead. Canadian Canadian elections work differently. We have like running mate. They yeah. have, they no, like like I know people have running mates and vice presidents. I just I just I don't know. It was just like Tim Kane. Who the hell's that? Well, I mean, you and most of America. <laughs> hey, people have been talking about him lately. Anyway, Bob Kane. Bob Kane. Thank Bob you. Kane. Thank you, Alex. Um, I don't know why it took me so long to arrive at Bob Kane. That is, uh, Jesus Christ, my brain is in another place. But Bob Kane and Bill Finger um, are the, the, the creative team. Bill yeah. Finger especially is just, I, I love seeing that, like, at the beginning of the credits for every DC film. Um, you know, they, they are the, the creators behind Batman. It's a very simple plot. It's just Bruce Wayne goes on a ride along with his boy, commissioner Gordon learns about a murder, uh, solves the murder in about four panels and then uh, pushes somebody into a vat of acid, pushes the, yeah. the perpetrator into a vat of acid, which is, you know, a, you know, that is a, a trend throughout Batman history is that he loves cool. pushing people into vats of acid. Honestly, like, you know, he like, it's cool. He's just like this chill billionaire who's like, you know, he's friends with the commissioner. The commissioner's like, there was a murder. And he's like, I'll come along. I got nothing better to do. Yeah, he's Look. like, you want to come? Random socialite? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, Bruce Wayne. Yo, you want to hang out? You want to hang out, man? It's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but I got, uh, I, I got this murder. You want, you want to like, you want to like come along? It won't take too long. Like, I also just love that and I don't know how what, what we're getting into this if, if that's enough setup, but yeah. I also just love that he just like straight up murks the dude at the end, pushes him to the vat of acid. And I can't remember if it's Commissioner Gordon or one of the other police officers who just goes, you pushed him in a vat of acid with like really shocked. And he's like, it's what scum like him deserve. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. damn, Garth Ennis, is that you in there? <laughs> it's funny because like, uh, j just like the 
the amount that he talks like he, when he's fighting when he's doing stuff he doesn't talk which is you know different than some of the batman stories we'll get to he's like you know i'm gonna beat the guy up and then i'm gonna be like this is why you're gonna lose this is why you just lost kind of thing which was which was kind of nice that he just like shows up you know throws guys off the roof like two guys just got thrown off roofs that, like they're probably dead if not necks broken or whatever push the guy into acid and then it's like yeah you're gone see ya yeah i like it i like the no-nonsense batman at the beginning he's just like he, he it seems like he's just doing it for fun you know he's this billionaire like at this point in the comics you don't know his past you don't know why he's doing it he's just like a billionaire who looks bored and he gets his thrills by throwing people off the roof and into acid and it's like sick cool the original batman design is interesting <laughs> it's uh i love the disc batman costume but continue i uh, i think the the ears on the side of the head are not really the look uh not, oh, really? not, not for me thanks. i i just love the round the more like rounded cowl uh, because like the the current cowl is much more like the edges are it has much more straight edges because of the pointy ears mm-hmm. in in most current Batman stuff. But I love like the rounded look on it. It makes him look more like a like a almost like a luchador or some other kind of like wrestler, which I think is yeah, that was know, inspiration there. There was like a stage, pl- yeah, like like there, there's like a stagecraft aspect to it that is like obviously a part of the has be well has become a part of the Batman mythos. Yeah, um, and I mean, even like in terms of like inspirations and stuff is already sort of in there, but obviously they don't have enough. They're not like exploring that in, in the in in this. Um, yeah, but it's, it's really funny how much of a like quintessential Batman comic this is, like condensed into so few pages. Um, like, God, not to talk too much about how comic the business of comics and how comics are sold, but like this would be a six. Like this story would now be like a six issue arc of Batman doing the detective work and finding, figuring out the, the murder, the second murder probably wouldn't even have the first murder probably wouldn't even happen until the end of the first issue of the arc. And it's just like such a different, it was such a different time for comics. Like mm-hmm. comics just don't exist in this way. Like so, I think in Europe, they still kind of do because they have, they still exist in the magazine format, or at least like within the last 10 years have still existed in the magazine format. Um, but in the in America and and Canada specifically, it's all about the like the bookstore market and the trade market. So everything is written for a trade, whereas mm-hmm. like th- this is just written for to be. It's just written to be part of an anthology. It's like a very short, quick hit of a story. Yeah, but it's like nice. the, it's, it's like it works well. It's like okay, yeah, this I is the character. It's, it's it's engaging. Yeah, I don't think it's it's pretty far from perfect, but you know, as a blueprint for like the char- the Batman character and like Batman stories that would follow like structurally, like yeah. it's kind of all there, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and, and read- Batman yeah. does some detectiving. He gets yeah. the bad guy, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, and this you is before he was like, I, I don't murder people. This was when he was like, come on, I can do what I want. <laughs> Dressing up as a bad. Yeah, yeah. Nothing had been codified yet. Yeah. Yeah, and it's this is like cool. a beautiful pre like continuity era, right? Like, mm-hmm. hmm. yeah, yeah, I I love that way of referring to it because it is absolutely just pre the concept of needing to have continuity yeah. in the way that we have it now. Yeah, 
It's like it just you know you just sort of do whatever. It's a mm-hmm. it's a compelling model for storytelling, even though I don't know if it's necessarily sustainable for. I don't know if Batman is the you know the pop culture phenomenon that he is today without like a sustained canon and over the last Absolutely eighty not. years. But it no. is like a much more compelling way to. Or in some ways, it is a more compelling. And like you know, a, a small sample size, but I actually I read the full Detective Comics twenty seven, or at least skimmed it. And yeah, maybe it's because I know Batman as a character, but the other stories in there just weren't like it compared to the other ones. It's like so special, and it's like you, you know, you think at the time it's like nineteen nineteen thirty nine, and you're looking through it through a modern lens, and you're like, oh, you know, it's, it's an okay Batman story, but it's like back then, and like being able to do this, it's like it's such a cool character, and I don't know the, the thought of just like, hey, let's dress this guy up as a bat and create like a cultural phenomenon through that. Like, let's, you know, let's, let's do it. This is, is, is pretty wild. I mean, it's not like the concept of like masked vigilantes was like fully new, like the spirit existed and like rocketeer, I think existed by this point, but like there is definitely, it does definitely stand out in a way relative to everything else in this issue, which is all very much like straight, like, pulp crime fiction right whereas the and the batman story is the one that like feels like it has i mean there is like like alex said there is just something to like oh the main character dresses up like a bat that's weird he he has like it, i mean it's so much of what superheroes are is in like the visual designs of them and how like that the visual designs alone are like like carry so many characters to a, a degree of prominence and like I mean, yeah, it's much more interesting just on, like, the most, like, surface base level. It's way more interesting to see a crime get solved by a dude with a with a cool mask and a big cape than it is some fucking stuffy 40-year-old loser in a suit. Yeah, and it's you cool know? that we don't know why he dressed up as a bat, right? Like, there's in this issue, it's just, like, the, the reveal is that he's a billionaire, and you're like, yeah. why he's or millionaire, I, I guess. Lo- I love how coy the ending is. <laughs> it's yeah. very charming. <laughs> Oh, where did Bruce Wayne go? What? Batman? The man who stepped out was the Batman. <laughs> but Commissioner Gordon doesn't know. Uh. That Something similar happens in one of the other issues that we're going to talk about, too. But that's like such an old comics thing, too, of like, I mean, it's like the Superman Clark Kent walking into a phone booth and changing into Superman. And like, yeah, nobody... it's, it's, it's charming, right? It's mm-hmm. like a, it's, yeah. it's, it's got that ageless thing. Uh and just the opening I want to read, this is like, you know, at the beginning of the comic, but it's like the Batman, a mysterious and adventurous figure fighting for righteousness and apprehending the wrongdoer. It is lone battle against the evil forces of society. I'm sorry, Alex, identity. can you put this in your little old timey radio voice? The Batman, a mysterious and adventurous figure fighting for righteousness and apprehending the wrongdoer. It is lone battle against the evil forces of society. His identity remains unknown. Thank you so much. Until the end of the first issue when his identity is known. So, you know, to the reader at least. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, this was the first Batman comic, but uh, uh, I'll start with Emily. What was the first Batman comic that you remember reading? The first Batman comic that I like have like distinct memory of reading was probably Hush. We have the same one. Yeah. Oh, you guys. I uh, I was in like a books a million and I had been getting into comic books like in like my junior and senior year of high school. And I like hadn't read any 
Batman yet. Like, I feel like I had read a little bit of Batman stuff when I was like a little kid, but it was only like random issues that I could, that I found. Like, it wasn't like actually like sitting down and reading Batman. And I like made friends with this guy that was also at Books a Million and he suggested Hush because I guess that was like <laughs> the hotness at that time. So I read it and I was like, whoa. That's amazing. Know. Yeah. Wow. John, like you were also indoctrinated into the cult of Hush. Early on. <laughs> Jeff Loeb got me early. Jeez. It is kind of wild that I read like the worst Jeff Loeb Batman comic <laughs> and it just like instantly sold me. I'm like, I have to get into comics now. Yeah. Wait, is that what like, got you into comics? Uh, I mean, it was part of it. It was like, it was just the confluence of like, I like, it was, I saw, I watched like the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises and then somebody, one of my friends who was a couple years older than me, we were talking about it and he gave me his copy of Hush and that was like, so that was like, the, I, I had read, I, w- I was reading com- like Star Wars comics and stuff before that, but that was like what got me into superhero comics. Yeah. Wow. But that was like the first big superhero comic I remember reading aside from similarly to you, just like random issues that I had uh, stumbled upon as a kid in grocery stores or whatever. My actual real intro to comics was Ultimate X-Men. Let's go. Oh my God. Yeah. You know who wrote that? <laughs> no. Brian K. Vaughn. Oh wow, that that makes sense. <laughs> yep. Real heads remember our uh, episode about the pride of Baghdad. So. Man, we should read some yeah. Ultimate X Men. <laughs> we should read Ultimate X Men. <laughs> what about you, Alex? How did you get it? Oh no, 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 no. Oh. It's Mark Mark Millar. No, no, Brian. Yes, Brian K. Vaughn. I knew I was right about that. I knew okay. I was right. That I was about to say the difference between Brian K. Vaughn and Mark Millar is yeah. very stark. I- I look because I just looked it up to make sure I was right, and it was like Mark Millar was on there, but I was like, he must have just he he must have written it later. But yes, BKV yeah. did write a, a big chunk of Ultimate X Men. But what about <laughs> you, Alex? How did what was your first Batman? I think it might have been <clears throat> Detective Hush. Comics twenty seven. No, 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 no. I it wasn't until many. I, I read Hush for the first time two years ago, and it was hyped oh, up in right. my head that's for right. so long. And I read it, and I'm like, that's so funny. I was I was kind of I was kind of nervous. I was like, guys, this book isn't very good. And they're like, yeah, it's terrible. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, I, but you know, Hush, I think is like for a kid. There's so many characters in it, so much stuff going on. That's that what it was. Like, I think, I think I was, it's a good yeah, when I was 13, that was like the cool thing about it was yeah. that, like, oh, all the villains are here, and Catwoman looks real hot. Yeah, Jim <laughs> Lee drew do. a real sexy Catwoman in that. Um, oh yeah. Yep. So. But I read uh, Batman because I I had the old Batman Chronicle books and it would collect like the different early volumes of Batman. Oh, yeah. So I, think I picked that up and I was like, I really, I don't know, I really liked it. And then I think the next thing was the Dark Knight movie. And after that, I was like, oh, my God, I remember that movie. Like I was in the movie theater and I was like scared because it was like a I think it was like a PG-13 movie or something or 14. And I was like 10 or 11. I'm like, Dad, are they going to let me in? It's like <sighs> and then they let me in and it was, you know, it was a good movie. It was enjoyable. Um there's yeah. that that scene with jo- the Joker in the ice locker with the the bodies behind him did scare me, uh, like with, like the the one where it's like the the shaky cam video that he takes himself and sends to the news media. No, no that did yes. scare no. me when I was. Uh, A lot of things in that age. movie scared me. Like, I saw that movie so many times in theaters. <laughs> I've never seen it in theaters. I saw. Oh the, really? I saw the Dark Knight. Like I had to have seen it like five times. Wow. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Um, you know what you haven't seen five times is uh, some Silver Age Batman. Probably. I don't know. Maybe you have. 
But, uh, <laughs> you know, I I wanted to do... Originally, I was just going to do Detective Comics 27, but there was only one Batman story. So I was like, okay, I'll do like a Silver Age one too. And I tried to scour for a weird one, and I saw the cover with, sure the, did. with the pencil oh, eraser head guy. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a Batman 188. Emily, why don't you tell us about the eraser who tried to rub out Batman? I have been wondering what your rationale was for picking <laughs> this story for the entire day, Alex. It's just really horny. It's like surprisingly really strangely horny. It's it like weird. So weird. Uh, it is about Batman and Robin go up against this guy called the Eraser who offers criminals a special service in which he erases all evidence from a crime scene so that crooks can get off scot-free. Batman does like a... He concocts a little plan where he pretends to be a common criminal who needs the eraser's <laughs> services, but the, the eraser recognizes him from the smell of his aftershave, so he knows it's Bruce Wayne. He doesn't know it's Batman, but he does know it's Bruce Wayne, and then, like... They manage to, uh, oh, he, the reason that he is, like, the reason he decided to turn to a life of crime is because, uh, Bruce Wayne dated, like, the girl that he, or not dated, but, like, was- Went on a date. He was the ice king to her ice queen. date with a girl that he liked, so after that he turned to a life of crime. (laughs) Uh, and- God, that this book was just so weird. Uh, it's full of just Robin being upset that he can't pull bitches like Batman does, and he gets like, one. He gets a pity. He gets a pity. Like, well, yeah. I said, oh, Robin. I said bitches, plural. Oh, true. Yep. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I. Uh, this is a weird book, but I had a lot of fun reading it. So, you know, the wild thing about this is, as I put in the chat. I'd never read a comic about this character before, but I own the Lego minifigure version of it. What set did this come in that you had it? So it's it was it's in the blind the blind bags that they did a series of blind bags of minifigures for the Lego Batman movie, which because the Lego Batman movie has so many like cameos of characters in it, they did a ton of obscure like Batman villains like the Condiment King. Yeah. Um, Calendar Man, Kite Man. I don't actually know if they did one for Kite Man, now that I say that. But a bunch of, like, really obscure Batman villains got minifigures, and the Eraser is is one of them. And it's a very loyal to the original source material figure, too. Yeah. Um, Does he have point, very pointy shoes? Well, you, there's, a little, there's a little bit... There's a print on the feet that is supposed to represent it, but oh. you can't... You, you wouldn't, like, fully notice it, but... If you look at the if you look at the bottom of the print on the bottom of the figure, it's it's like a, <laughs> a tip of a pen. It is supposed to look like the tip of a pencil. I um, I, I love the scene cool. where he where he's like in his eraser thing, and his like ability is to like use his. He takes off his helmet and like just starts erasing the crime thing. It's just like it's I so love silly. that it's not even a superpower. Like because the whole time you think it's gonna you know because you know if it was a contemporary Batman comic, it would be a guy who shot like a ray of that erased it or whatever. Yeah. But it's just like he just takes off the helmet. And it's just a big ass eraser that erases the crime scene. It's really goofy. It's I I also love that like you know in the flashback where you learn that like Bruce was the Ice King at this dance and you know the Ice Queen was the girl that Lenny you know loved or whatever. 
like Bruce is like thinking about like, oh, that kid's crying and his his tears are freezing. And he just keeps going and is like horse and like gold. He's like such a dick. He's just like, ha ha. Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he is a dick in this comic. It's really funny. (laughs) I mean, that's this era of Batman though, right? Like that's how Bruce was written at at this time right like he's yeah and and i mean to an extent sort of that has continued but but that is like that's like such a a thing of the eras that bruce wayne was an asshole yeah Yeah. well Um, the difference is is like in like old batman it's bruce wayne is a dick affectionate and in new batman it's bruce wayne is a dick derogatory yeah that's that's actually a but it's all a mask both ways so it's all good yeah, yeah it, it it was very celebrated. The other one I was thinking about doing was the one where Bat or Alfred writes fan fiction about yeah. Batman like having a happy life, but I couldn't oh, find it. Like I was, I don't know. This is also this one also pairs ni- nicely with one of the ones we're gonna do. Li- we're gonna talk about later on. Um, oh yeah, specifically oh, yeah. because of how much of this, how much page space is just devoted to Dick Grayson being like, "Damn, Batman's <laughs> a baller and I suck." <laughs> It's it's wonderful. It's it's you know it's it's a very enjoyable Silver Age. Uh, it's also but, like it's very Silver Age in the sense that like the villain's whole motivation is like this obscure event that nobody else remembers <laughs> from forty years ago. Like it's like okay, uh, uh, it's it's actually uh, yeah. kind of like hush in that sense. It's like Thomas <laughs> Elliot, like Tommy Elliot's like motivation is like I mean it's it's actually more stupid than the motivation here, but yeah. it's like not. There's like the degrees between them are not that vast. Don't talk shit about our, our, our good friend Lenny Fiasco. Like Lenny I'm, Fiasco, a what a name. It's, it's yeah. no Alexandre Leroy, but it's oh, uh, well, like no it's, one can be Alexandre that's, that's certainly true. And then there's like um, a scene where like Alfred's like holding up a he's like he's got like asbestos gloves and he's like the phone line's been ringing so much I had to put on these asbestos gloves yeah and it's I, like, what? I took a screen cap of that and posted it in the group chat because it made me laugh so fucking hard. Uh, yeah. you know it's it's then, fun to read these yeah no but, like I imagine like living in this era and every comic is like balls to the wall like this you know just like. Yeah, and all of them have the same like moralizing bit at the end about how crime is bad because the Comics Code Authority made them do that. <laughs> what a what also like what a like so you know Bruce Wayne like he knows that like Lenny loved this girl and that like you know it wasn't really like Bruce, like he went on one date and Bruce is like oh she's nothing to me and it's like you're, you're a dick and then he ends off with like a, a line that's like it's better to be a rubber than a robber and it's like what does that even mean? <laughs> What? It's better to be a rubber if you, yeah, know, like... what if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I got to say highlight. Last thing I'll say about this book was when, you know, the, like, Emily mentioned it, but Lenny's like, that aftershave, Bruce Wayne. It's like. <laughs> and the fact that Bruce Wayne's been wearing the same aftershave but... since he was in like university. Holly. It's like. But yeah. it's such yeah. an obvious twist that that's what's going to happen because they have like the big setup earlier on where Robin is, Robin is like. Oh well, ha- no wonder Bruce Wayne Bruce pulls all the ladies. He smells so good with that aftershave, that Axe body and, spray, and then Bruce, and then he says like, "This is what I've been. I've worn this ever since college." And immediately on the spot, I'm like, "Oh, that's how he's getting found. That's how he's getting found out by the eraser because the eraser knew him in college." Uh, I actually didn't right. see that coming because all of the the Robin stuff had just been so weird and like 
non sequitur up until this point <laughs> that I just like didn't even think anything of it. And then it happened. I was like, oh, that's why they brought this up. But I just was like, sure, Robin's talking about his aftershave, whatever. They used to be so uh, mean to Dick Grayson. Oh my gosh, Dick yeah. Grayson was okay. a fucking punching bag for years. Yeah, but don't worry, he'll get he'll get his chance later on. He'll he, got get the, his, he got the last his moment. He's uh, a billionaire so, now. You no, know, above you know on that thing with weird Batman villain personas, Jean Luc. If you could, you know, you could have a Batman villain persona today, tomorrow. What would it? What would it be? Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Not a power, but a no. Like, like, like what? Like, would you be the eraser head or be like? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be the eraser head. What, what childhood trauma did you have that you would then, like, you know, bring on to someone? Although that's not the trauma. It could be like you played too much magic. I don't know. Well, <laughs> that's. Don't. You can't be mean to me like that. <laughs> Alex. I. I don't know. I haven't. I, I don't have anything like that comes to me off the top of my head of like what, like, a good Batman, like a Silver Age Batman gimmick would be. Because I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to just like look around. Okay, I'm fan man. Fan and man. It's that I have like I can fly like like kite man, but instead of kites, there's like a box fan <laughs> on each of my arms, and it's sort of like a helicopter type situation where it lifts me up. Hmm. But like I can't, I, I can only go up like on my side because that's how the, the fans propel me. Right. Um, and I have. And I and I have like three of my fingers are like half fingers, and I'm fan man because I stuck my fingers into the fans by accident as a kid, and it chopped off. Or, or Bruce Wayne as a kid, he was my bully in in middle school, and he put my fingers in the in the fan to to cut them off and cut them off, and so that's why I'm you know I've adopted a life of crime. Um, wow! And I'm gonna kill Bruce Wayne with and at the end of the comic. I have like Bruce. I have Batman and Robin tied up, and they're just like suspended in the air, tied up. And there's a big fan going <laughs> at, the, at the bottom of a pit, and I'm slowly lowering them into it. Um, and then, uh, you know, inevitably, like they he throws a batarang or something and, and stops me. But sorry, fan man. No, sorry, Jean Luc. But I'm not a fan of crime. And then. There it is. There it is. That's the obligatory, the, the comics code authority enforced. You have to explicitly state crime is bad in every issue. Wow. You know what? That, that was a good on the spot one, Jean-Luc. Emily, you got you got an evil villain persona on the 60s? I do. Um, I would be uh, the, the podcaster. No. I would be, uh, I'm basing this off of, uh, like childhood. Well, this not my childhood trauma, but I'm, I'm basing this off of, of a fictitious childhood trauma that would be believable for me. Um, I would be the debater and my super, my secret or origin story as a villain would be that I lost a debate competition oh, to, man. Bruce Wayne when I was in high school and that led me down a life of crime and my issue of Silver Age Batman would be about how I took Bruce Wayne hostage and tied him up and held up a like some sort of uh, debate conference or something like I held it up uh like I threatened to kill everybody. So I put uh, Bruce Wayne behind one podium and myself behind another. And I forced him to debate me and try to lose. 
<laughs> but then but then he beats you in the debate and you're like ah yeah he then he like makes like a really good point that like totally facts don't care about your feelings and and i'm so distracted that he's able to like get away and make a quick change and come out as batman to defeat me damn because i i fucking argued with everybody when i was a kid that's all i did that that reminds me of my life (laughs) damn we 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 got a team up going on between the the fan man and the the debater (laughs) Watch out, Batman. Um, well, yeah, that's good. What I about mean, you, you guys, Alex? You guys could have written for Batman in the 60s. Honestly, you could write for them now. That's It sounds like an insult. It sounds like an insult. I'm, I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. Um, I don't know. I think I'm I would no Tom King. No. But no one is. Not even Tom King anymore. So it is the way it is. I, 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 I think I would be the Batman. I'd be the Bat hyphen man, right? Yeah, and I'd just be like such a big fan of Bat. It's kind of like a Batmite scenario where you're like you're such yeah. a big fan of Batman that you like cause him like harm and stuff. And my thing would be like, oh my! But it'd be like I- I'd be you such have, a fan like, a of billionaire. Creepy Batman shrine in your yeah, apartment. yeah. And I like go try to fight crime, but like I would like someone across the street, and I'd like you know beat them up, you know. And I'd be like, no yeah, jaywalking. You can, you can be like Hollywood the cracked, but for for Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's... All right, I know the Kogit episode was the last one, but... Well, we didn't even bring up any of that. I mean, that so... is the plot of that song. Is... No, 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 I guess, it is. I guess we're recording again. That just wasn't... Uh, that just... Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and then, you know, no. I'd be such no, a big fan no. of Batman, but I'd be, like, you know, doing harm. Not on purpose or anything, but I'd be doing it. And then Batman would be, like... Um, you know, he, he punched me in the face eventually. And he'd be, like, be your own person. So then he'd lock me away. You're kind of like the inverse Tim Drake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't steal his tires. I would add more tires. That's that's Jason Todd, not Tim Drake. Jason Todd steals his tires. Tim Drake. I feel like you. Tim Drake is the one who's the assassin, right? Huh? Tim Drake's dad's the assassin? Or the the criminal? I can't tell if you're fucking with me or. (laughs) But yes, I, I mean. You're, I think you're thinking of Stephanie Brown's dad. Tim Drake's the one whose parents die in the circus. <laughs> John, I feel like you stepped all over Alex's really good joke that he said. What was my I, joke? I don't yeah, remember I now. But I, was just I thought he was being serious. I, I know too much about Batman stuff. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning, yeah, it didn't last long. The whole, like, I'm not a Batman. Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, you've done your time and you've like, you've come out the other side, but you still have that period. The thing is, I will still defend Tim Drake's honor and I won't have him be compared to Jason fucking Todd on this show. Oh, I remember what Alex's joke was. He said that instead of stealing Batman's tires, he was going to put more tires on there. (laughs) Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was really good. And it like causes Batman's like the balance to be off of the Batmobile and then he like dies, you know, Silver Age. But then he wakes up and it's all a dream. He's like, "What? Oh my god, I'm alive!" He just and then has it's like, like Chris- a, a fever nightmare. And it's like, yeah. And then it's like fan. Christmas morning. And then he like um, takes Dick from the basement where he sleeps. And he's like, "You get food today." And it's like, "Yeah, thanks, Bruce." Uh, it's 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 wholesome. It's wholesome. Um, but you know what's not wholesome, guys? The gosh darn Jonker, who really. You know, Batman 251, which is widely considered to be, like, one of the best Batman comics ever made by a lot of people. Like, I, as I was doing research for this one, it was, like, 
this is quintessential Joker. And, you know, to give it credit, this is where the Joker went from like, sort of like, cause when he was introduced, he was like a murderer guy who made people like smile. And he was like, <laughs> and then the silver age, he kind of became just like, I'm going to throw pie at the mayor. <laughs> so this sort of brought him back. And in many ways, this is the Joker that we've had for the last like 40 years in, you know, in, in, in a sort of way. Um, and it's amazing but, how every single trait of the Joker was taken from like one line of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I, a quick summary. So Joker commits some murders and he's very rude. He's silly. He's zany. He wants to beat Batman and he has a chance where he captures him. But he's like, not now, because I want to do it in a better way. And it's like, you know, reading it today, I'm like, well, it's pretty standard like Joker story, which I guess is the point of why it's like was so influential and stuff. Um but uh, Mark Reinhardt, in his Batman filmography b- book, wrote, O'Neill and Neil Adams returned the Joker from the silly prankster of 1950s and 60s comics to the leering, homicidal madman found in Bob Kane and Bill Finger's original work. Um, did, did, you, did, uh, did you guys find this Joker interesting? Did you guys find this comic lives up to the greatest Batman comic of all time, or at least greatest Joker comic of all time? I'm kind of glad that I didn't know that this was supposed to be, like, the greatest comic. Not because I thought, like, I liked it a lot. I just, like, I did, I'm i glad I didn't have that hype, I guess. Yeah. See, even if I'd had that hype, I would have known it wasn't true because the Killing Joke is, you know, the best Batman comic. The Killing Joke wasn't alive yet, John Luke. We don't know about the Killing Joke. We're stuck in a year. Yeah, yeah. We, we, Good comics hadn't been written yet because Alan Moore hadn't started writing comics at this point. <laughs> he was alive. You might have done. I, I think he actually probably did. Right? Like this isn't that. This is this is early seventies. So okay. Probably, so probably a bit before Alan. So this is probably even before his two thousand AD stuff. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. I mean, I actually do really like this issue. I I have read this issue before. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would not have known that. Uh, based on like just seeing the number, but as soon as I started reading it, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I I, I know this issue," um, and I love that it, it's it's weird that it is like considered to be like this is like the serious turn for the Joker because a I think Killing Joke is the actual serious turn for the Joker because this is fu- this book is also very funny like the whole the whole bit like the recurring bit of like because the conceit is that joker is like killing off his henchmen who betrayed him right and the whole like recurring bit of like batman's like trying to save them and they don't trust him and so at the (laughs) beginning he's just like goes to one of them in a box like who's in his like training at a boxing ring or whatever and he's just like he's holding up the the boxing bag i don't know what that is actually called and boxing bag the henchman like swipes and is like clearly trying to hit Batman and the whole time Batman's like, Oh, you, you just missed it. What's up, man? <laughs> it's like, Are you come okay? on. like that's fu- That's funny. And the yeah. Joker's like, the Joker is still like, like, yeah, like he is definitely a, he's a wacky like, dude. Like, yeah. yeah. He's definitely like more like of a homicide, homicidal kind of like killer. He's more of but a he's... homosexual killer in this issue. It's true. true. But he is like, still like, he doesn't kill. Like when he kills people, it's like as a joke. Like he has to always do it as a like a as a joke, right? Like it's not yeah. except for the one guy that he hangs off screen. I don't. That, yeah, that was a bit like that was <laughs> a little. Well, but I mean, the, the the like probably the only reason that you see you don't see like the whole thing. You only see the the cutoff like at the knee, not even at the knees. It's because of the CCA, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah I sure. bet they. I bet the CCA would have lost their shit if there was like a like a shot yeah. of somebody like who had been hung. But and there's like. 
there's there's like a lot of text in this one. It was just was kind of the time, but I thought it I thought it flowed pretty well. And like Neil Adams' art, Neil just Adams like, is right. Yes. No, Daniel O'Neill written. Sorry, we should have said at the beginning, but Daniel O'Neill written Neil Adams' art, and it's yeah. like his Joker is it's it's really wonderfully like it, it's got like a classic look to it, but it's just like also a bit like grimy, which is which is really cool. It is the iconic Joker look, right? Like yeah. that is if if nothing else, I think that's what comes out of this is like that is like. I mean, obviously, it depends on what your perspective is, but generally speaking, like when I think of like the Joker, it is that that Joker that that take on the Joker, yeah. right? At least yeah. from a visual perspective, like yeah. the the slanty head, the purple suit, the the hat, all the whole deal, right? Like, um, and I mean, it's it, like the 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 whole like, and I, I guess I don't know fully if this is like the first time that this had popped up, but the whole like the Joker refusing to kill Batman because he, it's like, Oh, it wasn't fair this time. I didn't actually like own you hard enough. Um, <laughs> that is like such a recurring theme. And like, that's every Joker story now, right? It's like every Joker story is like, how do I own Batman so bad? And actually yeah. we can end this. That's kind of what the entire Lego Batman movie is. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it- I, and I just love though, like that the the title of this story is the Joker's Five Way Revenge. It's like they separate Five Way and Revenge. I know. I, where it's just like it's Chef's kiss. And when John Luke sent it to the group, I was like, yeah, yeah, John yeah. John Luke made a tweet. Well, yeah. Sometimes the Joker has a Five Way. I mean, yeah, and get it. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, like <laughs> my, my man's my man's like. My man's got my man's got bitches. He's the opposite of Tim Drake or yeah. Dick Grayson. It's like, can you imagine? Like Dick Grayson is just like the Joker and Batman are fighting, and Dick and they're all like the whole time they're fighting. There's just women swooning, swooning over them, and Dick Grayson the whole time is just like, why not me? <laughs> hey, that's only in the Silver Age. He he, he changes. He becomes yeah. a Teen Titan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Any anything else about about that here comic book? Very influential, very cool. Yeah, I, um, I like, it's a yeah. good. I like immediately recognized Neil Adams' art, which I thought was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Neil Adams is such an iconic. Like we've got in the pipeline some more Neil Adams stuff. I think uh, in the next few months, but yeah. I'm always excited to read a Neil Adams comic. Right, like that dude is just such a master of he uh, died this comics. year. He yeah, did, he died yeah. in April, yeah. Cool. I, I, I didn't know about, I mean, yeah, Batman, you know, comic related, but also Tim Sale died like a month ago, a few weeks ago yeah. too, which was... Also, you know, someone else who we'll probably get to, I think, in the in the next few episodes. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, me, me and Jean-Luc met Neil, no, not Neil, we met Tim Sale yeah. back when, yeah, back at New York Comic Con when we actually met in person. That was cool. Yeah, we met him. He, I have a sketch from him in my little notebook. We both felt super bad for him because there was some guy there with probably 500 copies of captain america white number one and was getting each and every single one of them signed yeah yeah what the uh, <laughs> I and alex and i were standing in line with like probably 10 other people or so like a few in front of us and a few behind us and i mean neil adams was just like chugging through him like i don't know if it was like a pre-arranged type thing but yeah yeah I, we were just I, watching that I, like god I damn like sales thing and he was like okay i'll do it i, yeah. like, I i'm just saying that tim sale wasted 10 minutes of his life on that you know like that's yeah thing. but uh yeah but hell of, but also a hell of an artist oh yeah for sure 
And I was actually gonna, I was gonna include one that was a Tim Sale drawn one. Very good. It was about the villains of Gotham playing like a baseball game. Oh yeah, that is a oh, banger really issue. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, well, that's not Batman. That's his villains. And I'm like, well, you know, his villains are a big part. We can read that another time though. It's a good, it's a good comic. Really good. Um, the last one, the fifth, you know, member of our five way extravaganza uh, oh, is yeah. we are two thousand. Christ, that was fast. Yeah. Wait, no. Yeah. No, four. No. I count, th- I, we've done three. I'm not going oh. insane, am I? Okay, then my number was wrong all along. The fourth entry in our five-way extract. <laughs> I thought I was losing it. For a second, I was like, I thought I was losing it. But no, we've only talked about three comics so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, is a uh, good old 2009 Batman and Robin by Grant Morrison and art by none other than his good friend. Their good friend. Frank Whiteley. We got there. We got there. Uh, But this was the, you know, this is a new dynamic duo hitting the streets. Uh, Batman, Bruce Wayne is dead. uh, And that leaves Dick Grayson taking, well, he's dead for, he's dead for a few weeks. You know, he's never dead. No, he's, he gets shot back in time by the bull. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) We should have read that comic, Batman, the the return of Bruce Wayne. Cause that is, that's a fun, that's Morrison at his finest. Yeah. But anyway, he gets like shot back in time and it's like different eras that he has to like fight through to get back. Oh, you know, it's, I think you guys told me about that once. Yeah. It's it's enjoyable, I think. It's a hell of a comic. Uh, but this one, Dick Grayson, he's now Batman. He won the Battle of the Cowl, I think, something yeah, like that. That was the three or four issue of mini event crossover. Yeah. And his Robin is uh, Bruce's assassin son with an attitude, Damian Wayne. <gasps> what are they going to get up to? Uh, but it's, you know, it's the first adventure. You're hitting the streets, and this issue is really about. Um, seeing their dynamic Alfred's in there and you're seeing the new villains that are sort of cropping up. And, uh, you know, there's two ones that stand out for me in it. And that's, uh, that's, uh, that's Mr. Toad and professor pig, which are just like, I think fantastic villains. And like, there's like a campy, like really scariness to them, especially professor pig. Who's like, Ooh, oh, oh. He's, uh, oh, professor pig is terrifying. Super. Not just in this issue, but like in this whole first arc of, of Batman and Robin, yeah. like he is a, like, it is a it is a really like scary take on on that character, mm-hmm. and I think it's his first uh, his first appearance too. I think Grant Morrison created it for this. Like this was his first one. Also, Mister Toad, which Emily, you must well, is in this word. Yes, I. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so for, first, but before I talk about Mister Toad, I mentioned this in our group chat, but I like seeing the cover of this book like was immediately like. I remember seeing this all over my local comic book shop when I was in high school. I didn't read it, but I remember it being like a huge deal that this came out. I like remember people like arguing about whether or not they liked Damien as Robin. Like I, yeah, like it, it brought back a lot of memories and I'm glad that I actually read it because I mean, like, grant morrison rules in general but like this book was also very good and i did kind of freak out when mr toad showed up because it is i mean it isn't but it is mr toad from uh the classic literature wind in the willows and that was very weird and funny but um yeah god uh mr pig is terrifying that guy's scary. Yeah. 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 He, uh, he, so he, I, yeah, he's a, he's a guy wearing a pig mask and it's like, 
He does a, a lot of weird like surgeries on people while they're I alive. I can tell. Just, like, his whole, yeah, that's like his whole bit. Yeah, very yeah, gross. The honestly, there's no room in my heart for anyone who is a Damian Wayne hater. Um, oh, same. I, and I know so, that. Yeah, sorry, I, I don't remember, but like, was this was this like? A, I guess we had Damien before because I remember him being like when, yes. when you know Damien was created. Damien was created before this in yeah. Morrison's run on Batman. And that was I think that was the era mostly that I remember that people were like not a fan because I like I you know I I wasn't that big of a fan because he was like literally like like he kill almost killed Tim Drake I think happened in like the Batcave and was like you know a real dick. Yes, yes. This one seems like the the, no, the Damien the Wayne one. I know and love. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no. no. Uh, yeah, this is yeah, um, real Richard. Fakehead, fakehead. Yeah, and 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 I I guess this is all stuff that I like sort of have known secondhand, but my understanding is that this series is sort of like where people started to turn around on Damien. Yeah, um, very likable, which is kind of under. I lo- look, man, I like Damien from the jump. That's like Damien haters were just mad that there's like a, that there's a kid who's like I don't know, kind of an asshole. I I, I, I just think Batman had sex. Continue. I mean, I'm never getting over Master Chief having sex, so Ooh. it's yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Damien is fucking great, and, and and Damien is is definitely a little bit more tolerable here. And there's like a a way that Morrison writes Damien, and not so much a little bit in this issue, but more as this unfolds is like Damien has a little bit more interiority and vulnerability around Dick than he does around Bruce because. This is very much both Damien and Dick have like the same character arc throughout this series. And you sort of see hints at it here. And it goes back to, you know, the Dick Grayson that we saw earlier of like the whole, the whole character arc is like them. They're both people who are care a lot about what Bruce Wayne thinks. And the thing that is most important to them is Bruce Wayne's getting Bruce Wayne's approval. Um, And so there's a, like, for Dick, it's like now he has to live up to to Bruce, and for but for Damien, it's kind of the opposite, where now he doesn't have to live up to Bruce. It's a so he can be a lot more you know laid back, and I just love like how Morrison, and I mean this is this is like classic like Dick Grayson too, but Morrison really hits a nail on the head where um, they write Dick and and Damien as being like not they're not as serious. They're joking with each, they have like a jokey rapport, and even the rest of the comic, which also is like very much like Morrison's Batman run. Like there's like the running gag about like, wow, who knew that they would ever have a flying Batmobile? And like, there's like making jokes about it. There's <laughs> like, that's, they fly now, but it's a good version of it. It is. Yeah. It's that scene where like the cop comes out of the interrogation room and tells commissioner Gordon, they doesn't want to be in there anymore. Cause Toad is sweating and starting to smell. Like, it's just like, it's, 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 fun. it's fun. It's like, it's, it, there's very dark moments, but like, you know, it's fun. And it's like, right. For me, it's quintessential Batman that Morrison does so well, where it's like, he's a silly character. It's a silly world. It can be serious, but it's also, you got to have fun with it. Well, and that's the great thing is that like what Morrison does so well here and what a couple other writers have done before, you know, before and since, but they take the like sort of lighthearted, some of the lightheartedness of the Silver Age, but because we got rid of the comics code authority, they can actually tell more serious stories about, you know, with, you know, actual theme, like capital T themes and, you know, darker content. 
And so they don't lose sight of like what is at the sort of the core of Batman, but they like layer on the that sort of like additional layer of darkness and like they can do stories where criminals are like some of the where some of the criminals are violent and you know fucked up in the way that Professor Pig is fucked up and you know it's good stuff. Yeah. This is not my favorite Frank Quitely work. You can tell that like a lot of this is that they wanted Frank Quitely to hit the monthly release schedule, which is you know traditionally not Frank Quitely yeah. does not like doing monthly books. Um, like there are, and, and Morrison and Quitely have done a lot of projects together. This is not my favorite Frank Quitely, but his Professor Pig is great. Um, and, and but some iconic, of the faces are a little. Yeah, it, the iconic scene for me is when Damien's like diving, and that's one that I've seen. Oh I don't know, yeah, everywhere, just like in the sky, and he's just like, got, you know, he's got his like serious face, but he's just a little kid, and he's like wearing his tights and stuff, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good book, and yeah, like I, I, I guess like ha- the Damien Dick dynamic, even in this one, doesn't go deep, but like even now, like their back and forth is so like it just works so well. It's like it's like part yeah. disrespect, part like respect, but they're like it's 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 the brothers' relationship as opposed to like yeah. a weird father son one, which is so sure. great when like when Batman writers are able to do that with the supporting cast of Batman characters is like give them the, like that's a lot of like. Obviously, we haven't talked about it on this podcast, but like I think all of us really like that about Tom Taylor's Nightwing is like honestly more than anything else about that book. I like the scenes where it's like, oh, they have a group chat that Bruce is not in, but all the like Robins and Batgirls and all the sidekicks are in there, and they're like all yeah. you know. There's a great scene actually in the newest issue of Nightwing where they are like having pizza together. Um, uh, or no, it's in the new issue of sorry, it's in the newest issue of Robin, Son of Batman, not Nightwing. Um, when Robin, they all make fun of Robin because he has, he got a vegan and gluten-free pizza. Oh, Robin. Um, which that, um, that back cow scene, the one where, Ro- where he, Damien says, I'm a vegan now is in, is from this series, right? I think it's incorporated. It's not. Oh, it is. You're right. It is. Yeah. It's incorporated. Same, same run really though. But it's, I mean, it's all the same thing. Yeah. It's yeah, all yeah, yeah. Morrison's Batman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, no yeah. one does it like Grant Morrison. <laughs> good stuff it's good stuff uh i forgot to put this in the doc but the last book that we're talking about the fifth part of the five way not the last because we have also the the 2020 issue there's 2022 issue yeah 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 yeah, yeah. my math okay yeah 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 (laughs) anyways batman number 37 from rebirth a tom king issue I will say we talked about Tom King earlier in a bit of maybe a joking manner. Uh, and it kind of ties in with what Jean-Luc was saying. But this is the issue where it's a double date. Bruce, Selina, Lois Lane, Clark Kent. And they just go to the fair. And they're just, uh, they're just it's, it's a day at the fair. And it's them like playing baseball. And like, there's a lot of like one-liners back and forth. And this is, this is one where like, one of my favorite issues of like Batman and superheroes in general, where like, they don't always have to be fighting and being like super serious. They can be people too. And it's enjoyable when they're like that. I, this is probably the issue I had the most mixed feelings on. Ooh. Um, I remember loving this issue and reading it now. I was like, <laughs> I forgot to reread. It was always a hack, huh? I forgot to reread this one for this one. That's why I didn't put it in the thing. Uh, so I'm remembering when we read it, you know, back in 2018 or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like there was a lot that I liked about this issue, and then mm-hmm. there was a lot that I like 
didn't really Tom King for. can't write women to save his life. Yeah. Oh, Selena's kissing this random man. <laughs> well, that, that part I didn't... That was, like, whatever. That part I didn't mind so much. It's more the, like, all of the dialogue between Selena and Lois in this issue is, like... They're like talking about their 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 husbands or fiance and Selena. They case, sound like they're gonna run off away together. <laughs> I know it's so, <laughs> but there's so much like all the like eighty percent of their dialogue is like Selena will go or, or Lois will go. Well, why Batman? And Selena will go. Well, he's just so that. And then Lois <laughs> will go. Oh wait, yeah, Clark is just so Superman. Like it's like what. It, what are we doing here, Tom? Like, there's good this stuff issue, in this issue. This issue does not pass the Bechdel test. Yeah, I think that's that is true. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I look, didn't actually. I didn't okay. actually check. I just really wanted to say that. I think you. I think you're right. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I know it's a right. joke, but I mean, I'm probably it, right because I can't remember two women having a conversation about something other than a man. So. They, they're, they're always talking about Bruce and Clark. They yeah. technically have a conversation about the question, the guy who's like um, robbing something and they're like, oh, that, well, but it's, it's, it's a line. It's not well, really a conversation. that's a man, so. Yeah. yeah, well, we don't know. Oh, the mask does come yeah, off. The mask comes off. I mean, there's some great stuff in this issue. Like to go to that, like the whole conceit of like, it's a carnival, they're trying to go to double date at a carnival and they show up to the carnival and it's like, oh, it's superhero dress up night. You have, which is like, Probably something real and also the most cringe thing in existence. Like, the you know everybody there is just, like, the worst person you've ever met. I actually misunderstood but, at first and thought that it was, like, only actual superheroes. <laughs> tonight. Now that, now that is a Silver Age villain thing, really. That, that would, yeah. I'm the carnival man. All also, the heroes are here. I do love the, like, Bruce and Clark switching their, like, switching costumes yes, with each other. Yes, I love it. It's, I love that that's so great. much. I mean, and there's also, like, the, the whole baseball thing is really good, too. Like, the whole, like, mm-hmm. you know, Superman throws the ball so fast that, like, he's like, not even my son can hit it. Um, but, like, you know, and, and Bruce, the whole time Bruce is like, well, there's an upper limit of how fast he can throw it or it would dissolve. <laughs> so I have to just calculate what that would be. It's like, like that's, that, that stuff is cute and that stuff is cute. And I, I like that stuff a lot. I'm going to have um, to reread it. Um, but I, I guess even if the execution doesn't, doesn't quite hold up, I, I like the idea of, you know, it fits into the out. theme. It, it definitely fits in the continuity of like issues we're talking about because it is like the mod, it is the closest that like, a modern ongoing Batman book can get to that sort of silver age silliness. Because when you think about it, like the rest of Tom King's run is like very plot heavy, very much darker. I mean, it's all like, you know, every it's like, you know, how many two bit Batman villains can have trauma. Um, And then like, that's kind of what Batman is now is like, it's a bunch of like, millennial writers and i don't say this in a disparaging way i I probably comes off as i'm saying it in a disparaging way but i don't mean it in disparaging that's just how you talk so it is just (laughs) it's a lot of millennial writers and a new class of writers who like are they my impression of most batman writers now is that they think that batman is problematic and they think that they can get away from that by like making everyone have trauma. Shut the fuck and up, that's like dude. what the last ten years of of Batman stories have have been. 
Um, but this is like the opposite of that, right? Like this is like they just go to a carnival and fucking let loose, you know? It's and, and, and there's no repercussions after in this story either. It's like it's a two issue story where this is actually part two of it. Yeah, um, I, the first part's not as good as I remember, but it's like you know, it's just like in a side in Tom King's like I think eighty issue run where it's like. It's this is right before the War of Jokes and Riddles, right? Like it literally, or is there the Poison Ivy arc in between? Uh, I don't remember. Well, I, the, the marriage is fifty, so I don't know. If, I think Jokes and Riddles is done already. Oh, so this is immediately after. It might be. Right, because wow. Selena has that line about where he he proposes to her, and he's like, and she, he says something about Kite Man. Yeah, and then proposed to me. But yes, that's because and that would be war of jokes and if chad could see us now talking about so the it would be the poison ivy arc that's next i there was one thing that really bothered me about this issue and it was the scene where they are eating ice cream and talking where they reuse the same panel of each of them multiple times it's like is this a clay man book it it was so, so like it made me frustrated to look at, to see the same images over and over and over again. Because it doesn't look like they're eating ice cream. It was, it was difficult even to read the dialogue because I was so distracted by the fact that they had just copy and pasted these images over and over. Frank Quitely should learn from this. That's how you do it. That's how you do monthly comics. That, that's how you make it happen. I mean... <laughs> you you draw 10 pages and just copy paste the rest. Yeah, this is a, this is a Clayman book. Okay. Well, I have thoughts about Clay Man. Yeah? That sounds like a Batman villain. Clay Man. That's Clay Face. That's a knockoff Batman villain. Clay Man also sounds like a Batman villain. Yeah, no, I I know. Again, the 60s. I think Clay Face was in the 60s, too. Clayface was around in the 60s. Clayface, I think. Clayface. My goal by next episode is is to get uh, Chad to record uh, Shut the Fuck Up for all of us. Yeah, I can make that happen for sure. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Batman 37. And that's the end of our five way. But what if I told you we're adding one more person in there, one more comic? A six now it's way. Now it's a six way extravaganza. <laughs> yeah. So I originally was like, okay, five. And then I'll reveal there's a sixth. But then I didn't put Batman number 37 in there. And I didn't tell you guys, uh, which is why we're here. Uh, but John Luke had a really good idea. And that was like, oh, like, why don't we read, like, the newest issue of Batman because it's a new it's a new story by uh, Chip Zdarsky and Jorge Jimenez. His art oh is so good. God. We did not get any Batman dick in this issue, but we did get some nice Batman bulge. Yeah. We did. We did get some nice Batman bulge, and uh, we also, this... if I may say, yes, get Batman channeling a little Alexandre Lajoie with the top two buttons down it's uh, i love so okay I, I haven't said anything about this book yet but there's a scene where bat like it's it's he's wearing his cowl but he's just wearing a dress shirt then yeah. and it's like such a cool looking awesome. scene um but this book is like bruce wayne at this point is like no longer a billionaire he's like okay poor. stop everything you guys have to explain to me why bruce wayne isn't a millionaire anymore it doesn't matter it doesn't no, matter he like I don't care no, I'm a it was, it was it was some villain some I, I I think it might have been Joker's not Joker's daughter punchline or something I don't know this was this was Tinian's run and by the end of it he's poor right and Alfred's not, dead but it's he's, it's he's dead but what but it's not happened? it's not Tinian's run that made this happen what made it happen future state this is a future state relic because so future. <laughs> Yeah, anyone remember Future State, guys? Yeah, you guys. Hey, y'all remember Future State? 
<laughs> Y'all remember this new imprint that we're doing? <laughs> Yeah, so Future State was supposed to be a, the new relaunch. Well, it was originally called 5G. But then they're like, we can't call it that anymore. People so, say that 5G gives you, like, death. <laughs> so readers are like... So we're going to call it Future State now. And Future State was supposed to be, like, a soft relaunch of the universe. And there was going to be a new Batman who was the son of Duke... It's the one, if you guys remember, we read that really fucking cringe issue where Bat- with SJW Batman. Um, oh, yeah. People were spray you- painting and he's like, don't do that. Yeah. Yes. That one. That one. Um, yes. I do remember that. And so they needed like a plot reason for Bruce to no longer be Batman. And so that plot reason is that he's, he's not a millionaire. Alex is right. It is the Joker that steals his fortune, which he just takes out of his bank account. <laughs> but then Lucius Fox steals it back. But and then he says, I'll give it back to you eventually. So Lucius Fox currently has Batman's fortune, uh, or Bruce Wayne's fortune, and Bruce Wayne doesn't have it, but eventually he'll get it back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so all- it's really convoluted and really stupid, and I hate that they felt like they had to stick to it even after they abandoned all the future state. Although I guess there is that future state Batman book that everybody hates, right? That is just fucking horrible. I don't know. And nobody I mean, t- wants to touch you it. You mentioned future state and I was like, oh God, like it, like it, no, it, man, it swamp of thing out of that. It was pretty good. It's true. Yeah. But it, but this comic book, you know, startups of Darcy. Anyway, sorry. And, I, and, I, and, I, no, it was, it was a good, it was, it was a good aside. It just looking at the stupidity that sometimes happens in comics and, you know, Continuity we talked about, not always a great thing, as we obviously. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this book is about like so Bruce Wayne's poor, but he's still got like that rich boy like which you is, know, ethos and right, stuff, or which, he's still by the parties. If I can interrupt you for a brief second. Yeah. Why would you do this if nothing about the status quo is actually gonna change? He's like still he Batman. still has all the tech, he's still Batman, he's wearing he's a still dress shirt. The parties. He's wearing a dress shirt, not a not a suit, no, not a Batman suit. It's a win. It's it's okay. You, where's the Batman suit in the issue? Like he does have the full Batman suit still. Yeah, it's true. I, I just I this is the kind of like it, like again. This is why it's great when you there's a part of me that just thinks it would be great if you just did a like could just do a bunch of stories that had no need to connect to one another, like a lot of the stuff that we read for this issue for this episode. Because you can just do whatever. You can make up a villain called the Eraser and who never appears again until he gets a Lego minifigure in 2018. You know, you can just do that. Like, no one cares. But now, because... absolute king, like, Alexandre Exactly. But now, now, because Dan DiDio had a stupid idea and then got fired six months later and everyone went back on it, you have to just be like, well, that's the fucking... That's the next 20 years of Batman, sorry. That's the last 10 years of DC Comics is Dan DiDio had a stupid idea and they had to commit to it. The New 52 was a success for the the comics industry, Jean-Luc. That is true. It was. It got me into it. Got a lot of people in. But this book, right? So, you know, he's a billionaire, but he's not a billionaire anymore. But the Penguin has sent out a video being like, Hey billionaires, if you've been, if any, or not even millionaires, if you've been, if your family's inherited or if you've inherited $5 million or more, you have like 24 hours to donate it to charity or to someone who like, you know, to like something, someone who's less fortunate than you, or he's just going to murk you. 
and so that's I like think his message. Penguin Sam now, which is it's also such a funny concept because every millionaire worth their salt has like a fake front. Like everyone yeah. has like they're like they have like an equivalent of the Clinton Foundation that they can just dump all their money into and then just get it back. But, <laughs> but I feel like because the Penguins, like you know, he's been a seedy gangster for so he like I feel like he yeah, would know sure. that like. You know, yeah. I guess there's a suspension of disbelief there. But it, it, his whole thing is basically like, yeah, if you're rich, you give money or I'm going to kill you, right? And Which then is funny he, because as Batman points out, the Penguin was also born in, into wealth. Yeah, but he wasn't accepted in wealth, which was his whole thing because he yeah. looked like a Penguin. I think it's kind and, of dumb, but also, like, I just think it's an incredibly king move to say oh, yeah. that everybody has to donate. 100%. And, like, Bruce Wayne's, like, childhood friend, like, gets – or maybe, like, more adulthood friend gets, like, killed. And, and and you know batman's like to penguin he's like but he was such a nice guy and Pe- penguin's like dude like he came to my icebook clouds out he was a shit like he was not a good guy i don't know why you're like like doing that and it was like a, you know it was well, kind I, of i a, also had gotten the Im- impression that he and bruce had not exactly been in like like just constant communication yeah for, yeah, uh, yeah for a while i guess and it's, it's definitely like a batman like it's it shows like a, a, a blind spot for him where he's like oh you know he's like he looks like he's doing good he's donating to charities it's all good and it's like this book ends and penguin like bites into some cyanide and then like batman tries to stop him and then someone rushes in and batman's got like his hands around his neck and so, like batman killed the penguin and that's like the cliffhanger ending thing um i gotta say jorge jimenez draws a hell of a penguin in large part because it he draws him like the Batman Returns. Daniel DeVito Penguin. is is there. I mean, he, he draws a hell out of like like this book I mean, is so it's, like it's great. I oh love I love Neil Adams, but I like Jorge Jimenez might be the best. Oh, artist. the art in this book is so it, fucking. It looks good. so. It, it, good. it has that like grittiness that Neil Adams does, and it, it it's not like a darkness in, in a weird way, but it's like the way that like I don't know the expressions and like the extra like details on like the dress shirts and like the cowl and like the penguins like it's it's he's oh well it's just things like bruce wayne has like just enough stubble to indicate that like he's not like taking care of himself and shaving regularly like it's it's all those like little details that are like Mm -hmm. okay everything's just a little bit fucked up at all times yeah Yeah. and i you know like as a first issue I, i i think it was a little clunky but the overall like Batman doesn't have money and now billionaires are being targeted. It was enough for me to be like, cool. And like the penguins dead now. I was like, I would, you know, if I was reading monthly comics, which I've kind of stopped doing, I like, maybe I'll check out the next issue. Cause it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with this. I also like that Chip Zdarsky clearly like me in that Tim Drake is his favorite Robin. Um, because he, <laughs> he, Tim Drake- he got him shot in the neck. Okay. Also the other part of the issue, he, he gets shot in the neck and he, and, and then like the, the doctors are like, he's not going to make it through the night. And that's that. And then that's when the penguin like, is like, you know, takes a cyanide pill. So he killed Tim Drake and you still like him. He didn't Tim kill Drake Tim was Drake. Really well. Tim Drake's fine. He's fine. All right. See you in 30 days. John. I have lived through so many Tim Drake death fake outs. <laughs> You're not getting me with this one is not going to be the one that convinces. This me. is one where like on the page like the bullet goes through the neck and you're it's like he's, pretty, he's dead. It's it, dead. It's pretty he's rough. Dead. Like it looks kind of brutal, but he's not dead. And I mean he writes Tim really well. Like I love the like of all the Robins, like of course it is Tim that is the one that's coming to to Batman of like, "Hey man." And this is one of the this is as much as I like the Tom Taylor Nightwing run. One of the things I dislike it is that I feel like Tom Taylor has taken a lot of characteristics that he likes from other Robins and incorporated them to Dick Grayson. As it should um, be. I mean, fair. Like, that's fine. But, like, the Tim is the one that, like, 
the whole ethos of Tim is that he's the one that is like the forever Robin because he's the one that is always, sure. he's the one that always pulls Batman back from the brink. Right. Um, and, and the one that like understands that that is the role of Robin. And it's like good to see that they're getting back to that after doing a decade of red Robin. Um, oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Just like the angsty. Yeah. And then like that. And I mean, I hate to give credit to Brian Michael Bendis, but the ben, the recent the recent like twenty issues or so that Bendis did on Young Justice, like that was Tim's whole arc was like getting away from that and back to his original, and it was actually quite good. Um, but I loved, I, I really love the Tim Bruce stuff in in this issue, and I mean that's like it's 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 an, it's that, like that is such a core like Robin is such an integral part of Batman, right? Like, so yeah. I think it's appropriate that if we're doing a Batman through the ages, it's sort of also a Robin through the ages. Yeah, we've definitely gotten a, a cross section of Robin Hood through all of this. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. didn't commit yeah. to that until I was about halfway through the word. No, I'm glad That's you did, Robin. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of that. Yeah, this was, uh, this was a good issue. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's. I, I'm glad that I. Well, I had already read it when I suggested it. But I was uh, I read it and I was like glad I was I'm glad you guys liked it because I liked it and when I read it last it came out when we're recording this came out last week it'll have, there will be probably two or three more issues by the time this episode comes out but mm-hmm. yeah um, it, I felt it, like it would it be does fitting. feel like a you know it feels like a good number one and, and it, it is yeah the stuff at the end with the robot Batman and I don't Alfred is like a robot Butler or something I don't like I don't know I don't really care about that yeah that yeah I, I, I totally work. forgot about that until you just mentioned it. Yeah. Um, but yes, I did not care for that either. <laughs> it's a classic comic cliffhanger that doesn't. Well, I mean, it's it's also classic it Batman. It's like Brother Eye, or you know, yeah, Brother yeah, Eye. Yeah. I think it's Brother Eye, but whatever. Right. Like Batman yeah. loves making robots. Yeah. That yeah. fuck shit up. But that is the end. There, we're not having a seven way today. Not today. Too tired. Six way is the final. Seventh um, episode, six issues. Can't lose. Oh, see, we should. This should have been issue six, guys. Ah. We can change There's the no release way to order. Do it. Yeah, no, we no, can't okay. technically change the release no, no, order. No, 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 no. But we've already said it. It's yeah. All that being said, uh, we just John edited Luke. in saying six every time we said seven. All right. So, what did everybody think about Batman number seventeen by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo? Uh, so, Emily, which Batman era comic that we read today did you like the most, and why? Um, that is Batman number seventeen. A difficult question. Honestly, maybe the eraser one, <laughs> just because it was so funny. I just I had a I I had a joy of a time reading it. Lenny Fiasco, Stealing Hearts. But I didn't dis I didn't dislike any of these issues. Like on the whole, like I said, I had some issues with the. Uh, the carnival issue, but like, I love that we're like positive on everything, and then the Tom King issue rolls in, and it's like just kills the mood. I really should have read it before I suggested it. Well, but. I mean, like, I think it was a good idea to read it, and I'm glad that I did because the parts of it that I liked, I really liked. It's just yeah. unfortunate that the parts that I didn't sure. like were uh, so annoying. <laughs> yeah, it also fit, I think like if we're gonna do a modern Batman story, that one fits with the other ones that we were doing. So yeah. Uh, John, like before you say yours, uh, which one was Batman Seventeen by Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo? That is the last issue of Death of the Fam, uh, Death of the Family. Oh, okay, all right. And the Clayface two parters after that. 
18 and 19 is the Clayface two-parter. And then wow. 20, he's in too deep, guys. He's in 20 too deep. 31 is zero year. Wow. I'm sorry you know this, but thank you for your information. And I think that's when I – I don't remember what's after zero year. I think that's when I dropped off that run. I read all of it, and there was, like, Bloom and, like, you know, Commissioner Gordon is, and Batman. No, no, but that's way later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, oh, it's the second Joker arc is that the um um I don't remember what it's called. Huh. Well, we'll do a new fifty two thing eventually. I think we'll do action comics by Grant Morrison. I recently finished that. It's a great I got all the hardcovers now. Yeah, it's a great series. Uh but John Luke, of all the books that we talked about today, which era book did you yeah, enjoy I mean, most? It's fitting that you mentioned Grant Morrison because it was of course Batman and Robin number one. I mean that was kind of like locked in. Like Batman and Robin is probably my favorite Batman comic gun to my head. Um so definitely definitely that one. It's got it's just like everything that I like about you know that is like what I like about like the last 15 years of comics is like perfectly encapsulated yeah. in you know most of Grant Morrison's superhero output. So yeah, I, I, I similarly uh, I think I have to go with that one. Like, I, I, I think I, I did enjoy all of these, but like that one feels like a sizzle reel. Like as, as far as first issues go, I think it does such a good job to get you excited. And it like literally has like a sizzle reel at the at last pages where it's like all these images and you're like, whoa, there's Red Hood and there's like Professor Pig again and there's crazy stuff. It's just like that is such a, a good way to market comics. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's nice when comics can be planned ahead that far. Where you can do a like a sizzle reel, like I don't know if you're not Grant Morrison, if you're actually being able to be like know that you'll have that there, unless you're like I guess Scott Snyder could do it too. Other people, um, but yeah, um, thanks a lot, guys, for going down this Batman journey. Thank you and, for uh, taking us on this Batman journey. My yeah. pleasure. Um, in the hell of a guide. We got it. We we got a classic question. You know, we are crying in the book club, but uh, which Batman villain cries the most? Do you think, Emily? I feel like John should go first because you have way more experience with Batman than I do. You're more likely to have an answer off the top of the dome. True. See, I expected you to have an answer off the top of the dome because it's 100% <laughs> Harley Quinn. Mm, yeah, okay. She does cry a lot. Especially, re- like, I think in terms of, like, you know, especially recently, the amount of like the way that Harley Quinn has been handled in the last, I don't know, five years or so. Yeah, I choose not like, to think about it. Well, no, but but I'm talking about like the HBO show and oh, well, yeah. like the recent like the Birds of Prey movie from a couple of years ago and the um, the recent the Riley Rossmo drawn run on the character. Like a lot of it is that like in terms of like the when you think of like sure like harley quinn fandom is like one of the most cringe things in existence but like the way that harley quinn has been handled with the whole thing of her like you know being becoming less and less attached from the joker i feel like that has led to a lot of crying and i also think that like the initial harley story of like the like the the initial like the, her origin story is probably one of the more tragic batman villain origin stories close second is uh there's two other ones. Close second is Clayface. Oh, I was um, gonna say Clayface. And then third is obviously Mr. Freeze. Mr. But I Cole. felt like Mr. Freeze was too easy an answer because he doesn't cry anymore, though. Well, he can't. but he, he see that that's the thing is that like Mr. Freeze is probably crying a lot, but you just wouldn't like everything else. Like his body goes through everything to make him cry, and then <laughs> he, he can't. 
So you, your your answer is uh, Harley Quinn, Jean-Luc, correct? Yeah, I would go with Harley Quinn. My answer nice. is Clayface. Nice. I mean, he's an actor too, so some of those are real, some of those are not. But you know, he's an actor. And he, he's always he's always runny. So the old Clay man. What about I would you, go Alex? with I go with Bruce Wayne. <gasps> what? What? But how how is Bruce Wayne a villain? Wow. What? Well. He walked his parents down that alley, so come on. He's the reason for all his problems. And he cries a lot because, you know, parents dead. Parents dead. So God, that, You really are just doing the Tommy Elliott from Hush thing. <laughs> what? What's Hush? We'll talk about it next week. No, we, we should talk about Hush. We should. We should. We, should we already did that. that. We did that. Yeah, I know. And, and if we were going to do another one again, I would. No, we've already, we've already done the Dark Knight, uh, All-Star, Batman, and Robin, but... Yeah. I should have done that one do issue. I would do I, also Batman and Robin again. Have, that one issue with the yellow room. That was, See, this, you know, is the, fantastic. this is the thing about me is that like I am a Batman head, but for the Batman comics that Batman fans really despise. I think like, like All-Star Batman they are pretty okay with. People do not like the Morrison run pre-Bat pre this Bat. Like people like it, but they hate the Damien stuff, which is like a big sure. part of it. Like there is a lot of Morrison's Batman that is like yeah. not liked yeah and also yeah. apparently people hate batman reptilian this is something that i've, I've found out recently how can you hate batman reptilian <laughs> oh fantastic. batman reptilian is a ride yeah uh last question second last question maybe third last question who knows uh but uh i'm gonna go with emily first this time uh what direction do you want to see batman comics go in the future if you were dan didio reincarnated back at dc comics full head of hair moxie uh what what I don't you, think they're uh, rehiring him after he did that Comicsgate podcast. I think it's over for Dan DiDio. I would, uh, because Batman doesn't have any money right now, I would make him get a like regular person job and have to balance being Batman on top of having like an, uh, some, well, either a nine to five or like some sort of like service industry job. That would be the like direction it. that I would take Batman. Everyone would hate it, but, uh, <laughs> you know what? I, it would be my proudest legacy. That's kind of like Batman beyond too, where like, you know, Terry's all like, Terry, but yeah. Yeah, I guess it's different. Cause he's like a kid and stuff. He's got like his part-time yeah. job with his girlfriend, but it's like, well, and also yeah. because he's not like someone who has grown up a millionaire or a billionaire for his whole life. Right. And then everyone would know Bruce Wayne and he'd be like working at like the stop and yeah. shop and he'd be like, hey, fuck you, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And he'd be like, I like it. Yeah. I'd do it. Jean-Luc, do, do you want to steal Emily's idea? If I had full creative control over the Batman IP, I would hire Chad Waller to write that <laughs> for the next 10 years. Damn, and yeah. it, would, it, would, it would all just be Robin and Dogwelder stuff. Like Batman wouldn't I, be in the picture. It would be fucking awesome. <laughs> wow. I just always really liked the idea that Chad, friend of the show... Uh, I've just always really liked the idea that he had writing about right every issue of Batman having a backup that is um, Alfred and Commissioner Gordon going out for coffee and talking about like what Batman did. <laughs> That's like a, and just like compl- like complaining about like Alfred is complaining about Bruce and Commissioner Gordon is complaining about Batman in the way that like you can like in the way that like parents complain about their kids, but neither of them realize they're talking about the same person. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. And I would love if like that was a thing for, you know. 
I love seeing Alfred Commissioner Gordon. Like Teen Titans Go did a funny like running thing where they would just like go to sleepovers together and they would just like snicker and stuff. They did like a Scooby Doo episode where uh, the Teen Titans had to solve the thing and it was the bad guy was Batman and Commissioner Gordon. And it, it was like, <laughs> and then they, you know, no, uh, Commissioner Gordon and Alfred. I don't know. Either way, I would burn it to the ground. Get rid of Batman. We don't need him. We've had good comics. See, they, they tried to do that with Future State. <laughs> All right, I can't do that. Um, you know what? Give Chad the reins and make him write a book about Batman, uh, you know, working at the Stop and Shop. Working at oh, the what is the Quick Trip? Is- quick Trip. Quick yeah. Trip. Yeah. Quick Trip, yes. Oh, my gosh. And Chad can write himself into the comic. And and, and Joe will be in there, too. <laughs> It'll be great. Wow. We've Fantastic. solved it. We created the perfect Batman story. We have. Now we just and have it, to get Chad to write it. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he writes stuff every week. What you know, we just we, we just slip him a prompt and he'll have to do it. Yeah. Classic writers. Infiltrate the to the Discord. The Discord the writers Discord group. <laughs> All you have to do to join the group is have a reset era account. So like we could. We're not going okay, to you know, we, we, we could. You know, we should do is we should join that discord enter the writing challenge and try to win once and then reveal to chad after he's like talking shit about the person who won we'll be like (laughs) hello oh that would be very fun and also um very psychopathic yeah a bit it'd be a fucked up thing to do to your friend yeah but yeah nod okay cool all right sick uh well you hear that sound and it's it's not just chad disapproving of this idea no sir no madam no, no. It's the Doomsday Clock, which means it's time for our inaugural First Cryspace. ever Cryspace! I'm very excited, you know. <laughs> long time in the work, and uh, this is going to be the part, going forward, this will be the part of the show where we highlight one thing that made us cry this week. Um, I've been making you guys go first on everything this week, and I'm going to say no more of that. This is my moment to cry. I don't have anything, though, yet, so Jean-Luc... What you cry this week? That was that a is, roller coaster of emotions. That is such a cop. That is <laughs> that is a hell of a cop out. I'm hosting this week. Come at me. Yeah, no, I know you can. You can. Right. Uh, That's fine. Make that decision. With great power comes, you know, great comic ev- books evading responsibility. Ayo. True. Um, I didn't put much thought into my cry space this week, so uh, but. I saw uh, the f- movie The Thing in theaters for the 40th, the 40th anniversary. This year is the 40th anniversary of The Thing. I thought you were about to say for the 40th time. 40th time. Yeah, me too. Ooh. Actually, the inverse for the first time. Ooh. And what made me cry was that I have gone 25 years of my life having not seen John Carpenter's The Thing. Good movie. Which is one nice. of maybe the best horror movie I've ever seen. Probably oh, not the best. I, Blair Witch is still probably higher, but one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. And I should have made a point of seeing this movie a long time ago, but I wow. uh, did not. And you should so... maybe watch it again now out of the theater. Cause I heard some controversy about the version that was put in theaters. I don't remember what the issue was supposed to be with it, but I saw some people complaining about it. Uh, I don't, I, you'll mm. have you know you can maybe look into that and see what the issue was but uh especially since you liked it so much it is it, I great, thought it was fucking great film yeah. i've also read the uh like the the short story the novella whatever it is um 
I don't remember what it's called. But I don't has, remember what it's called either. It, had a, yeah. it has a bad. It has a really cool name. Um, I've never read it either, and uh, I never read it. Never seen it. Also, never read the novella. But yeah, I don't know. movie's good. Maybe, Alex, you should watch it. Yeah. Give it a go. I mean, I I, I listened to a flippin' Coheed and Cambria album for you guys. So I I mean, I can I can take your recommendation. I listened to a great album. It's a good album. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying one way or another because no, I'm just gonna keep Alex that. Cut. Keep that inside. Keep that inside. Um, Emily, what's up? That make you not sad. much, buddy. <laughs> what have you been up to recently? Uh, well, I fell down the stairs this morning. So, that, Tom and Jerry ass. Are you okay? Are, are you like? Yeah, okay, you can, I'm like. Te- okay. You know, I'm okay. I'm just bruised. I have like a big bruise developing on my. Oh yeah. Arm. Oh yeah. That, that's like a, that, yeah. that's a that's a gash. Yeah. That's a... It um I have I have a big bruise on my arm. A big bruise developing my butt. I'm not gonna get up so you can see that one. Um, <laughs> I it it mo- mo- like it was. 20% bruised to my body and uh, 80% pride. <laughs> bruised, bruised Wayne? Uh, yeah, bruised Wayne. Uh, nice. Yeah, Wayne was my dad's middle name. Anyway, uh, oh, wow. but yeah, I fell down the stairs. So that's my cry space is that uh, I hurt myself. And why, do we, why do we fall, Emily? Why, what, 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 why do we fall? To get back up. Oh, I'd say so. Master. Master Moon. Moth. The- I-, I gotta get better at Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah, you gotta work on that impression. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll just slice his real thing in. We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling. But um, yeah. Uh, wow. I'd say what made me cry this week was not being on the. Well, recently was not being on the Coheed show, and uh, it you know, it's cry. it's been. Ah, uh, it's been uh yeah, it's been like a very. It made me cry. It made me cry too. When Ambelina dies at the end, it's like, oh my god! <laughs> Spoilers. Well, yeah, Thumbelina. It's very. <laughs> Shut your it's fucking mouth. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's it's genuinely been a month where I've uh, been very uh, disconnected from my friends, and it's nice to be doing the show again. And uh, yeah, we missed you. Now that things are things are slowing down a bit, which is kind of nice. So. Yeah, I haven't gamed in a long time too, which is might be a good thing. I know Jean Luc was on the no gamer trend for a while. No multiplayer games. He seemed happier for it. So I was. Yeah. Yeah. In in stark contrast, I've been playing a lot of Fall Guys, which is a multiplayer game. It's free now. Yeah. Is is that something that we could cross play play? Yeah, yeah, it has cross play. We should all play together. It's really fun. Fall Guys. Yeah, I've been I playing it on my guys. Switch. I had it. Come on, Zandu, we finally have a game. <laughs> I had it on my PlayStation, and then it came out for free. Uh, so I just got it on my Switch because that's cool. more likely uh, to be something that I'm going to play regularly. But um, it's really fun. I think it's Yay. fun. Yay. Yeah. Now that it's free, to- I would reinstall it. Yay, that's half the Hooray! battle. I paid I paid money for Fall Guys and refunded it. I oh, yeah? never that's paid fair. money for it because when I got it the first time it was free on PS Plus. PlayStation Plus, right? Which is why oh. I threw it on summer, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um I will say I I I didn't talk Chad into playing Overwatch 2, but I this week's there were some there were some things laid down. So we'll see. We'll see come October. I think it being free helps. I think I can get him to do at least a, a session, so you know, that's a win. It's happy tears, uh, but yeah, this is it. That's it. 
that's it. We're done the show, and this was a this was a fun one, guys. Yeah. It was a nice, nice little through the ages thing. Maybe maybe, maybe we'll do this for more characters in the future. Five issues. Yeah, maybe Jean Luc will do his Quidlin Voss through the ages thing. Maybe he'll give us you know five issues of, of Voss Vossness. Um, I I will pull that trigger. Hey, do it. All you have to do is put put it into Before the Before you know, you'll be reading Dark Disciple, all 300 pages. Ooh, I read it already. Oh, it's good. See, there yeah. you go. It's a great book. Yeah, we have to watch Kenobi. because. Uh, but anyway. No, we don't. Plug. We already did that, unfortunately. <laughs> Much to my chagrin. You uh, you know, we had a goal on our Twitter to tweet more in like the first, I think, three months than the comics podcast has ever. Uh, we're not quite there, but we're, I think we're well on the way. Uh, you well, know, you're tweeting our, about episodes when they come out, which is more than the comics podcast ever did. Yeah, but you know, we 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 had such a big fan base back then that we had to keep them guessing. You know, keep it fresh, keep it keep it going. Um, but yeah, our interns doing a great job, and uh, stop writing into that they should get paid. They're an intern. Like, come on, <laughs> it's the, it's the term. Stop like, internship. Come on, before. come on. Uh, but yeah, follow valuable us. experience. Right, every doing like, posts. Every like can go on your CV. There, like you, t- you, you, you go to your job interview and tell them you got like ten likes on a post. They'll uh, open right up and give you a job. But, uh, but you can follow us. I'll need you. No, no, no. Yeah, we, contract, no, we got a two-year yeah, two contract right now. But with we, we have the ability to get an extra year. You know, the option and the so. non-compete clause. Uh, yeah, again, this is behind the scenes in comic podcast creation or podcast creation. Uh, we like doing that. We kind of bookended it at the beginning. We had some, we have some now. Um, but if you want to follow that Twitter account, give some likes, uh, check it out at, at crying book club. And, uh, you know, we are on pretty much all platforms. You're, the one you're listening to on, you'll probably be able to uh, give us a nice rating and a nice review. We, we really do appreciate that. Um, five stars would be good. But you know, any rating, if you, any rating makes the algorithm do stuff. If you mention Alexander in your review, then uh, we will read. You'll it. be entered. Re- You'll be entered for a chance to win Batman. a visit from Jean Luc. <laughs> yes, Jean Luc will come to your house with a copy of Batman Hush, uh, and he'll read it to you, like nonstop. Yeah, except like you know when you're like read part of a book and you're ready to go to sleep, he'll keep reading. He'll keep going because. It's a work of art. Uh, Jean-Luc, where can people... It's a work of art. I, that is true. <laughs> where can people find you? Is it... <laughs> it is. Did we just divine a graphic novel? Anyway, Jean-Luc. Uh... <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at atmondealaker. Um, at the time of this recording, my Twitter is locked because I have an interview tomorrow. So... <laughs> uh, the, it's, it, it, it's very hard to find my Twitter if you're not like if you don't know who i am but on the off chance that somebody figured it out i don't want potential employers seeing my post the easiest way to find it would be to like search your name find this podcast go to the plugs probably yeah unlike when you used to put the comics podcast on your cv okay the comics podcast is still on my resume oh we didn't do aquaman porn until episode like six or seven so well the Aquaman porn episode is lost forever. I have so. my audio of it, so we just need but two pieces. Dad and I don't. Okay, well, well, why don't we? Okay, we take my audio, and you guys like try to fill in what you would have said, and then we do like a. It's it, you know, it's kind of like a director's cut, where the director doesn't remember the original. Uh, you can sure. find me on Twitter at Alex Hansiak. I don't really post there. I'm thinking about creating a new Twitter, uh, just to like I don't know. You've been saying that for a month. Yeah, and then like last. I just like didn't go on Twitter for a month and it was like a lovely time. So I don't know. 
Emily. I got suspended from Twitter for 12 hours last month, and it was the worst 12 hours of my life. For the f- what, what, what did you do? I told I think Matt I know Walsh that. to kill himself. Well, I mean, that's valid. <laughs> Sorry, Matt, but we do appreciate your Patreon subscription. And, you know, I like that you're still enough of a fan of the show to, you know, get rid of the bad blood that you and Jean-Luc might have. So much appreciated. I would not take Matt um, Walsh's money. Emily, where can Matt Walsh find you? Um, hopefully Matt Walsh cannot find me on uh, Twitter at Impandonata because I have him blocked. <laughs> but uh, Matt Walsh, if you want to find me in real life, I'll put your ass down. Yeah, go find John Luke in real life. That'll be good. <laughs> we can do our first, we can do our first uh, in-person recording. Uh, we put Matt Walsh down. Um, talk it out after. On Letterbox and Twitch, I am Panda Boar. I am Woo. probably, as of this recording, still playing Ace Attorney. I just finished uh as of this recording the fourth case in uh the first game which is where the original game ended but since i'm playing the trilogy version there is an additional fifth case that i'm about to start is that the one on switch where you got like it's like a nice pack for like 30 bucks or whatever uh yeah well i'm playing it on pc but yeah like okay, that yeah. It, that version is on uh switch also but that's a good game yeah that is the version that i'm playing and i am i have really enjoyed it it's been really great uh so I'm, I'm excited to finish this up and i'm definitely gonna just move on to the next one when i'm done yes and when you're done all those you have like the sequels yeah yeah there's so many not to plan your life for you but well ace attorney has planned my life for me (laughs) oh god we've been recording for an hour and 40 minutes we need to go uh you do podcasts too like imagine being you to the fresh podcast market and that looks terrible there was an episode of fresh podcaster market released i know i listened to it it was weeks ago i was like i I refreshed my podcast app and there it was a new episode i'm like I thought this show was over. No. I got into the show during like, I think I got into it in like December and then like, there was just like nothing else. And it was like, oh, okay. yeah, it's just been, uh, it's a nice backlog though. Yeah, so, but we hundred episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more episodes will be coming out, uh, this year. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah. The stock again, girl it, podcasts. Yeah. It, it doesn't well, come well, out often, but when it does. More than stock girl, I promise. Hey, she, Leslie Hung is working on pages. I put out more, episodes of fresh podcast market last year then episodes of or issues of snot girl came out for sure yeah and that's all we can really ask for last year. um that's, that's right. very what sad a horrible year it was that's really sad hopefully this year is a better one we're already very far into it and we haven't had one yet but uh from all of us you know at this batman five-way extravaganza uh for the bat from our bat family to yours stay frosty what are we doing next week? Hey, Frosty. Right, next week. Oh, I had already hit it. It's a mystery. What are we doing next week? It's, it's editable. Alita Battling? Are we having this discussion now? I think we know. We already it. know what we're doing next. We're Alita next Battling. Next week we're doing a Battle Angel Alita. Yeah. Yeah, cool. We knew that. Yeah. We'll edit it together. I think it's funnier if we don't. Good night. Good night.